the abrupt justification of sinners be gone. Welcome to another episode of Consider This. We have a different lineup. Very here different. Today. Literally, it's like, you know, in the past, you know, we just have people. That Theologians. Were, yeah, we're, we're walking down the hallway going, hey, what are you doing? Come, come to the. Come it's to a this. careful selection process. This. But this took some time oh, and yeah. some attention to We recruited detail. for this. We recruited for this. So um, just in case you're not watching us, actually, um, on our Facebook feed, uh, we've got Randy Butler. Hello, everyone. Who has been a part of our Faith Fellowship for a really, really long time, actually. Mm-hmm. So what, 14 thir- years. 14. I was going to say 13, mm-hmm. but 14 years. Um, and mother uh, of... Two and foster mom. And foster mom. Okay, yeah. so yeah, there's just a lot of love going on. Yes. And we've got uh, Debbie Ebert Hello. in the studio today as well. Um, and now mother of three beautiful, beautiful children. And uh, then we've got Steve Broadway, who works in our worship ministry and uh, is uh, truly a renaissance man in a number of different areas. Um, what's the common denominator between Randy Butler, Debbie Ebert, and Steve Broadway? And besides their love for Christ and being a part of the Sunnybrook family, um, w- the one thing that we're going to be talking about today in this podcast is those conversions that take on a rather drastic, sudden, on-off switch. And, uh, you know, we're in, in our Acts series in, uh, in 9, with the Apostle Paul having a Damascus Road experience where he was an enemy of Jesus, ravaging the church. Jesus confronts him, and now all of a sudden he's the Apostle Paul. And there is that encounter that becomes transformational. And as we have talked about that last week, and then this week we're going to be talking more about um, that process and helping having people even rethink their conversion. What was your mm-hmm. conversion like? And it's been good for me the last three or four weeks, actually, to be reflecting on this and thinking back into my past. What happened? What's going on? And not to create even doubt, but to create levels of appreciation and to even see God's hand work in my own life. So that's what we're wanting people to do, even in this podcast, is through hearing about your stories to be able to say, wow, okay, this is where my story is a lot like Debbie's, maybe a little bit more like Randy's, not like Steve's. And um, and just kind of seeing how God's hand works and sometimes similar and then sometimes very distinct mm-hmm. and, uh, and interesting ways. So um, the, the basic paradigm that we've been talking about is the gradual conversion, which is I grew up with a Christian family. I've gone to church my whole life. Um, I remember making certain decisions, whether that be at camp or at youthquake for us or something like that. But truly, um, I don't ever remember not believing. And that's my conversion story, okay, in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Um, yours was a little bit different. And yours was more of like Paul's, has more of a Damascus Road-ish type feel. And so um, I would love for you guys to just kind of share what that was actually like. So, Deborah, I am going to begin with you. Okay. So tell us, like, just kind of kind of briefly, you know, that, that before, after snapshot, and then coming to Jesus, what, what happened? Mm-hmm. Uh, I always think back to when middle school is kind of when, like, I... You know, it's always, I think middle school's hard anyways, but I got, (laughs) um, I look back and I was not a nice young lady. (laughs) And um, I, that into junior high, just kind of lived for myself, lived to please people, um, was just caught up in uh, just all kinds of things, but was not a nice person. I have lots of stories of just very sad, mean stories of me being kind of a bully in some ways. Um, And so. Okay. 
me being a bully. <laughs> yeah, like honestly. Pushed a girl into a trash can, called her not nice names, um, would just like cornered people. No, no, was no, just, still, I'm just going, yeah. you? Yeah, <laughs> like I you didn't have nice. just for the record, okay? There wasn't like a twin that went missing. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like I mean, that is so not the you that I can truly imagine. Yeah. Like I can't imagine that. Yeah, but it's true. Yeah, no, it's true. Okay. Yeah, it was, and it was a lot like just kind of the movie Mean Girls. I always compare myself to like that group of people, mm-hmm. like where you just kind of we were just mean. We would do literally that movie there's some scenes that I did as a child like I'm like oh that's what I was like I was really mean and so and then um I was in junior high and I kind of um I went to camp got away for a week and saw like Jesus in counselors and came back and um and then I saw, just started seeing difference in how people, like just different people treated people. And I started seeing Jesus literally in people. And so I started kind of, surround, my friend group kind of started changing-ish. But really that next summer, I again went to another camp experience. And um, it was there that, and literally like was in the mountains in Colorado. And we, they did like a... Um, one night was like a sin talk. It was at a young life camp. So they did a sin talk one night and we, um, and I walked away from that talk just feeling just the weight of all the sin, like yep. just the weight of it. Yep. And the way I treated my family was terrible. The way I treated people was terrible. I just, it was all just crumbling down. And I just was like, I, yeah, just, I'm a sinner. And it kind of, they leave you there hanging for a night mm-hmm. of just in your sin and seeing how yucky it is. And I just, I did the weight of it, just a mess, just saw it all. And then the next night they come to you with a, just the gospel. <laughs> and I remember just literally looking up in the mountains, just like, I need you, Jesus, and repenting and just this like weight just coming yeah. off and yeah. this, fr- like literally just the freedom in Christ feeling it. But as a 15 year old, just trying to like say that, but just, really captured by the gospel and then thankful for people that the Lord placed in my life that discipled me from there, like leaders and counselors who were able to walk with me, what it looks like to really have a relationship with Jesus and gave my life to him that night in the mountains and came home. And my parents always talk about that. Literally, like I got home from camp and I was, they were like, you were a new person. Like it was just, it was literally like Mm -hmm. the old was gone. The new had come and my life looked a lot different. Like after that, my friend groups really changed at that point. And I got really involved in church and life just looked a whole lot different. And people would tell my mom as I was graduating high school, we never would have thought Debbie would be the way she is now. Mm -hmm. Like just, I made a mass. I made the 180 or was that right? Yep. <laughs> That's right. Uh, anyways, yeah, don't so. make it 360 because then you're going in the <laughs> like same direction. I said that right. Uh, anyways, yeah. Okay, math was never my thing. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so all that to say, that was my story. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's it's really kind of neat to even to celebrate the fact mm-hmm. that I can't imagine. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can imagine you like in some kind of skit playing a mean girl. I just can't <laughs> imagine you doing it. And for meaning real, it. I know. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Thank you, Lord, for yeah Jesus. for what for what he's done. <laughs> yes. um, so you go to camp just you know to clear the record. You go to camp not really wanting to follow Jesus necessarily, just wanting to have a good time. Yeah. Ish. Well, that was the first camp I would say, like because it was two summers back to back of different yep. camps. But yep. the first time, yes, going. My mom literally got me to the first camp because there was whitewater rafting and mountain climbing okay. or rock climbing. So yeah. I went there, and that was where like I feel like I at that point left being like I want what they have, but I didn't. 
know what it meant. Know what it meant. And then that next year, kind of getting involved in Young Life, getting involved around more people that I think I was attracted to the people at that point that I saw sure, at camp. It was sure. like, and that's when my parents started seeing the change. They're like, you can see like that she's wanting, like just, yeah. and so at that point, um, yeah, that's when they were like, okay, we see a difference in Debbie. And, but I think it was the next summer I went, I think seeking something. Like I was yeah. like, I want to go because I want what you yep, have. Yep. I don't really know what that looks like, but I see a difference in you. And there was one girl, Katie Wirtz, that like mm-hmm. I, she was a girl in my high school that I, she just treated people differently. She loved people differently. She it was all because of Jesus in her life. And I, and she was who invited me to come to camp with, we went to camp and some of my friends came too, but um, it was there that just, yeah, gave my life to Jesus and it Radical all changed. Change. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to end with you, Stephen. So I'm going to run okay. over here to, uh, to Randy and say, so, and your story was, um, so mine is a little bit like Debbie's, but longer in the fact that it took me longer to recognize who Jesus was. Okay. So I would say also wasn't a pleasant person, very manipulative, very selfish, very boy crazy in high school, junior high, did not have healthy relationships of any kind. Um, but really just mean whatever I wanted, I took, I mean, really. Um, and then like I got to college and there was just this emptiness. Like there was everything I had hmm. was gone. Like I was a great athlete and then you go to college and I had chosen not to take any of the scholarships cause I didn't feel like I was good enough at that time. So I was very insecure. And so then I get to college and I have nothing and I have no friend group and the friends I had in high school, I actually was really drawn kind of like Debbie to the really, the people that love Jesus. Like there was just clearly something hmm. about them. Like my new brother-in-law, Caleb loved him. Hmm, we yeah. spent a lot of time together and he just loved Jesus. And I'm like, man, you are awesome and crazy and I don't really get you yeah. but I like spending time with you yeah, yeah, like I, so attractive. I, yes there was something really really but I didn't fully know what that meant sure. so it was very dualistic in that sense like okay well that's cool I like being nice sometimes if it benefits me <laughs> um, but really I want to do whatever I want to do sure kind of thing and then I got to college and was just empty and broken and and I think it was just watching my brother I have a younger brother who faithfully loved the Lord like at a young age, like mm. eight years old, reading his Bible. I thought he was crazy. I thought he was the weirdest kid ever. And I know this might sound strange, but probably in our day and age, it's not. You grew up yeah. in the same house. Yes. So same you're house. in the same house. Same house. Right. Yeah. Very different yeah. perspectives of yep. almost everything. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, love the Lord. And I thought, okay, well, I mean, this seemed to work for Nolan. This was great. Um, and then I was thinking through Caleb and started having some question, questions for them. Okay. Like, I just, I feel empty. Yeah. I feel broken. And they were so sweet to share the gospel with me. And there was a finally a brokenness over sin, like my rebellion against the Lord and all the baggage that had come with that. And, and it was just a sweet time, even in the brokenness, that the Lord could see me in that brokenness mm. and that I needed him and there was a desperation. And like Debbie, like it was a, a, a turn, like had to go back and like ask forgiveness from a lot of people. Um, had to set some new boundaries with my now husband. We were not having a very pure relationship and having to have that conversation like, okay, we got to do things different. Yeah. This can't continue. Like yeah. I'm going a different way. Are you in or you're out? Cause yeah. I can't keep going like this. And it was really, really hard. And the Lord was very faithful to send some sweet girlfriends that took That's me to awesome. Panama um, on a mission trip that walked with me in the boundaries that walked with me and what it meant to continually repent yeah. and continue to be discipled and yeah, so college was kind of the big change for me. So Debbie talks about um, 
a night in which she is mm-hmm. confronted with her sin, and then another night, which is just 24 hours later, where she's confronted with the good news of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know it's more than that, but there there is a little bit of the, wow, the mm-hmm. moment, right? Mm-hmm. There is a, mm-hmm. a sense in which there's a moment. Same, or is it a little it more, a little a more little, gradual? A little more gradual. I would say a couple of weeks, maybe. Okay. Like it wasn't yeah. real long. Well, like It was a like a lot of wondering, a lot of calls, and then a lot of brokenness, and then a lot of, okay, what do I do with this? I'm kind of a long processor, so it's fitting. Yeah, and then <laughs> and then a decision. And then a decision that this has to be different. Yeah, and that he is my king. Like I, he has offered this freely, and I want to accept it. I want to live differently because I love him, and he loves me, and this can be different. Okay, and uh, I'm going to come back. So, but mm-hmm. I'll give you guys a little bit of a heads up. But um, the idea of looking back, mm-hmm. like any looking back. Don't answer, but any looking back. And so I want to talk about that in a second here, but. Steve, why don't you round this out? So tell us about your conversion, brother. Not a mean bone in my body. <laughs> <laughs> now that I also believe. I was and actually, by the way, I didn't just say for the record, okay? <laughs> I have a hard time imagining you. As, I can imagine you being like, like you know, like purposed or yes. even driven. I just, I still can't imagine you mean. Yes. You're a very gracious young lady. So Praise the Lord. And, sure. No, exactly. Yeah. Praise all, all glory to God. Yes. But, you know, Debbie is, is, is one version of sweet and you're another version yes. of sweet. But, yes. So you're both very, very sweet people. Um, and again, to the glory of God. Yes. I, I think mm-hmm. it's good that we remember yeah. that. You know, so for those of for you sure. that wrestle with, with certain things, you know, meanness mm-hmm. is not a small thing. Mm-hmm. Can we just say that? Mm-mm. Like, meanness is not a small thing. Okay. And, uh, Steve, why don't you round it out and share with us your story? I will, and I, I know Mean Girls exist because I had daughters. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't. I'm, I was the kid that didn't have a mean bone in my body. I was popular in school. Social things were easy for me. School was easy for me. My, but my parents divorced when I was five. This was in 1962, and you know, Baptist circles in Houston, and so they were just spewed out of the mouth of the church and rejected, and they were angry at God for years. But uh, my mom took us, my sister and I, to to church after all of that. I was seven years old in an adult worship service. I still remember looking up at my mom, yanking on her skirt. I got to go down and respond to this thing. There was this urgency. And, you know, years later, she said, I just felt like I had to let you go. And so I went down, looked up at the giant 10-foot tall pastor and and answered the questions, I guess, to his satisfaction. Uh, Was baptized later in a, maybe that night, in an an evening service. Um, And then not one word of instruction, significance, anything. I was like, okay, I don't know what I just did, but let's just go on with life and go our merry way. And so over the years, you know, I started in a rock band in high school and we were, became very, very successful. And all those years, I was kind of sensitive to the name of Jesus being misused or abused, but you know, I never really made any connection with that baptism in my life. It had nothing to do with, the two had nothing to do with each sure, other. Sure. Uh, so go through high school, going to college, the band is popular in bars you know we're doing cover tunes and and so we start traveling around drop out of college at some point i ended up rooming with a guy that was playing drums with the band who uh and this is this still is very bizarre to me it's bizarre to try to explain this uh but i was asking him because i admired him in some in a kind of a weird dysfunctional way what like what did it for you what made you who you are and he said jesus But <laughs> yeah. we were not living in Christian community. This was not in the context of anything healthy or good. Yeah, yeah. And then he proceeded to introduce me to hallucinogenic drugs. And so but while all that was happening, I'm reading the Bible because when he said that name, the Holy Spirit, I'm convinced, just boom, just was like, wow, that's the answer. Yeah. 
So I was convinced that that was the answer, but I had no idea yep. how to live it out. To figure I was, out what that means. I was as totally the answer. disconnected sure. from Christian community, and sure. there was nobody there to talk to or explain it properly. So I read the Bible literally from Genesis to the end of Revelation, uh, while occasionally taking LSD mm-hmm. <laughs> and playing in bars. And then at some point, the Spirit I think just drove me out of that place. I moved back home, uh, kind of reengaged in my relationship with Patty, who's now my wife got involved in, in legitimate Christian community and then, and then began to understand the significance of what had happened. So was I converted at seven? Was I was it at 19? I don't know. The thing at 19 was where was the marker where things flipped and then kind of stayed that way. Sure. But I can't discount that something happened at seven yeah. that somehow was there the whole time. And I, I still can't sort all that out. But yeah. those were the two significant things I remember. Yeah. And, and even in, a, in some sense, both of them were rather sudden. Yes. Both of them described that. Very which, much. Yeah, there was you know, nothing gradual about it. Yeah, for it. a gradual guy, um, you know, and that's the part I, I, I really do. I look enviously at these situations. So, um, you know, coming back and before we deal with the, you know, no looking back from that great that great hymn, you know, I've decided to follow Jesus, no looking back. And I want to talk about, has there been any moments in which you've looked back and what does that mean? And so we'll talk about that. Well, it's actually no turning back. No turning like, back. You're right. Turning away. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. I'm yeah. kind of mixing that with the Sodom and Gomorrah. Story. We do look back, but we <laughs> don't turn <laughs> we back. We don't turn back. Um, but before we do, I mean, I'm curious to know as somebody who is in essence going to be, uh, you're, you're hoping, I, I apologize mm-hmm. for saying this, that your children's story is a lot like mine, right? Yeah. Grew yes. up very grateful for a decision that my mom made. Mm-hmm you know, years down the road, but that kind of just impacts mine. And, and I don't, I don't get to have an on off because in the end I grew up in a Christian family. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, just your thoughts, mm-hmm. Randy, about yep. that in terms of what that means and how that looks. Yeah. Yeah. I think the fun part right now is we are actually having those types of conversations with our oldest who is beginning to ask like, what does that look like for a lifetime? Yeah. And I love that he is even thinking lifetime, which I think kudos to Zane that he talks in those terms in kids yeah. ministry. Um, that he would say, no, this is not just something you take lightly in a decision. Like, how do I think about this? Which is cute because he's 10. And so he doesn't have the baggage that I have um, when I came at 20 to know the Lord. Sure. But I still think there's, when you say conversion, like there is still a big shift yeah. that should be happening. It just yeah. looks different at 10 and yeah. it looks different in a home that is faithfully going to church and faithfully in a community and faithfully in God's word. So it's going to look different for him. But I think there's still the element of like the repentance, like a brokenness over his sin yep. is going to look very different when he says, no, this is my life now. Because, yeah. Yeah. you know, we've spent 10 years and there's not a lot of repentance. There's a lot of, okay, I'll obey you because you've asked me to. And that's how our house rolls. Yeah. Like, we're going to obey. That's what happens. Yeah, that's what happens. Yeah. Not, it comes with these consequences. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Where the, we are praying that that's the shift of, like, a repentant heart that wants to be obedient because he loves us and loves to be obedient to the Lord because that's the connection. Like, he learns to obey us so he can learn to obey the Lord well. And so those pieces. So yeah. not quite like a 20-year-old coming to know the Lord with the baggage, but still a pretty big conversion. Okay. Debbie, without the headset... Uh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> which is fine. I mean, you can definitely hear it. You can I'm hear it. You can hear it. Don't be sorry. No, you don't no. need to be sorry. That's funny. Um, well, okay. So part of what actually I didn't, I just started in middle school earlier. I also was baptized at eight hmm. and, 
Um, I always say that there was a girl in my butt Sunday school class that was baptized, and I watched her be baptized, and her whole family is on the front row. This shows anything about what I was like. And I thought, oh, I want to do that. My whole family could come and sit on the front row and watch me do that. <laughs> and I literally think back to it all had to do with being in front of the church and everyone watching me because sure. I was – I liked, I was a performer, and apparently that was in my mind. And so I did meet with a woman. I remember her, but I do not remember any conversation of me understanding giving my life to Jesus. Like, I don't, sure. I, don't, I don't remember that, but I do. And so, but for us, and we're this, I'll tie it in with my kids, is like um, sports and just different things became so big that we, I just, I stopped going to church at some point. Like, it was just, I grew up going there. Yeah. And then at some point, we just, I don't remember going for a while. And then when I became the mean girl, <laughs> I, is that I didn't want to go there because I don't, I was, I didn't think those people liked me. And actually when I became a believer, I switched churches because I was scared that those people would think that like, why is she here? Yeah. Like she doesn't, she because doesn't I, for so long I treated them poorly. Like, and what's funny is one of them was my matron of honor. Like the girl oh, from that church, awesome. like became, it, the Lord did all so, sorts of awesome things. But for, for at first I was scared to go there. So I switched churches, became part of a different youth group. And because that I was new, I wanted to do that. It's just kind of what made sense in my mind at the yeah. time. Yeah. They probably would have been fine. But anyway, so for my kids, I just, I, I, Look back, we always prayed that like they'd give their life to the Lord, like at an age, like at a young age. But yes, that they'd understand it, like mm-hmm. that they'd. Like that's my prayer is that they'll. That it's when okay, I fully get that I need Jesus. Mm-hmm. That the repentance part is there, because and and that that yeah. So we just talk about that often, and just obviously we share the gospel with them all the time. We walk through that, but that they would understand it. That there would be the conversion. That the the um, this is a lifetime. I want to follow Jesus for the rest of my life, and that that would look different than for sure the decision that I made and that to me I think I chose the world I chose things of the world whether that was sports people like boys all those things over Jesus like and that they would know that he's far better (laughs) like that following him is far better than all of the things that the world has to offer and that that's my prayer that they would know that he's better that and because I think of that sweet canyon has the list of all the things he wants to do (laughs) and all the stuff he wants to play and not that that's bad but that following like and that that wouldn't become yeah. our life yeah. like and so we yeah. we're totally trying to like all right buddy one at a time like just trying to slow him down but that that's not where our joy comes from it comes from jesus and that yeah. he'd see that he is far better than what the world has to offer if that makes sense so that's yeah. my prayer for them is that they would know that and that they wouldn't get caught up in the things that i did that those yeah. those things don't yeah <laughs> they're moth th- and death they I, didn't yeah I think, go. I think my parents would would talk about a kind of a conversion i didn't believe and then i believed mm-hmm. um even though it was through a lot of conversations with a couple that shared the gospel with them um and so as a child of somebody who was not around and ended up kind of living in the wake of their faith um definitely had to make it my own definitely had to kind of work through that whole process my parents helped me with that um but i'm grateful for um on behalf of your kids i'll tell you like i'm grateful that you moms made that decision Mm -hmm. um you know i'm grateful for what i didn't have to experience that i saw a lot of my friends experiencing and not that i don't have my issues that i need jesus for um, but i'm really grateful for um the home that i grew up in and the context that i got which is just my story Mm -hmm. which is that it was was gradual Mm -hmm. steve so you've you've kind of gone through the, the the radical but then you are helping three young children like grow into their faith, have more of a, say, a, an ongoing, gradual understanding of and obedience to Jesus Christ. My, my kid's story would be much more like yours. Yeah, yeah. Any, any thoughts looking back as one who and then one who raised others that were different? Any? Uh, well, it's, Patty, my wife, grew up in a mildly charismatic church. Sure. 
uh, and that's where we ended up attending probably the first 13 years of our marriage. The kids were all born in the 80s. So we were, the photographs are so embarrassing. The haircuts <laughs> and the clothes, oh, oh my gosh. They're so much fun. Uh, but we were, uh, in the best sense, I think, of the word, a deeply committed, evangelical, mildly charismatic family. So in, in the circles that we ran in, there was a, there was a deep desire for holiness, for a, for a highly integrated life where we don't compartmentalize faith. Um, and uh, there was, I mean, there was probably a little bit of a word of faith influence in it and a little, you know, teeny bits of prosperity gospel, uh, not, not to the caricature that you see, you know, on t- TV yeah. or any of that. Yeah. It was just, yeah. it was pretty mild. Uh, but we loved, we did, lo- and to this day, love the community that we were part of. Deeply, brutally committed, very faithful, uh, wonderful couples that were all having kids about the same time that we were. So we were part of a very vibrant church community, which has always been central to our, our lives from yeah. when we first married. Um, that's We always wanted to be at church on Sunday. We wanted to be with church people. Uh, there was never a, ah, I think we'll sleep in, or, you know, I think we'd rather go do something else. That's never That thought has never crossed my brain in 38 years of marriage. Why would I want to be somewhere else? Sure. This, I mean, this is yeah, where it's happening. Where Church, for me, be. has always yeah. been where it's going on. Yeah. So working here, I mean, you know, vocationally, it's different. But yep. came here at the age of 48, 12 years ago. Yeah. And it was just a conti- sort of a continuation of what was has been going on in our lives the whole time. It felt like a very natural transition because we've been involved in ministry. So I think with our kids, it was more caught than taught. Uh, you know, had some wonderful, you know, Bible bowl stuff and, all, you know, scripture memory. And so they were just deeply immersed in a, in a in Christian community their whole lives. And now they're having children. So I have six grandkids now. And so we're, you know, praying for the grandkids now. Yeah. Uh, wanting to see that in their lives as well. And so it's it's uh, it's very rewarding to see the generations following you. Uh, sure. Living more or less faithfully yeah. in their own ways. But, you know, so it looks very different than it did for us in the 80s. But, um, yeah. Better haircuts. Better, way better, <laughs> way better haircuts. Better haircuts. Better, um, thinner, the clothes aren't nearly as goofy. Thinner lapels. Turquoise shorts, man. That's the worst <laughs> photo. Turquoise shorts. Um, oh, it's so bad. Man, now all I have are all these images of, of people living in the 80s. <laughs> um, so Steve just talked about kind of the, the value and the benefit of community. So mm-hmm. coming back around the circle, yeah. you had mentioned that, mm-hmm. um, Debbie, that just you come to faith, so on, off, now it's on or off on actually now it's on Mm -hmm. and you you know everybody's mentioned that so how valuable you know now that you're ready to follow jesus was your your faith community when you come home from camp extremely valuable um the lord was i mean the timing when i came home i got involved in a youth this youth group and the church as a whole but the youth group just was growing a ton at that time and um and just the small my my small group my small group leader all of those things I look back I mean and it was yeah such so valuable in my growth and I can I mean Tracy who just discipled me and just taught me like just so many things of what it looked like to follow Jesus I am so grateful to her and to the group of friends that and and then it was also such a great place to invite my friends that yeah we're not to yeah, come yeah, like yeah. and I the other mean and, girls. And, and, so, <laughs> and so anyway so I I look back and the, there was so many there was in high school like I'm also grateful that the Lord allowed me to yeah like just share my faith with those people still yeah. I didn't like it wasn't like yeah I w- it was like this break that was like 
I don't, I'm not going to talk to you anymore. Yeah. Like it was just, it was my friend group changed and stuff, but I still was able to have relationships with Hopefully. these people. And yeah, yeah, so it was just, it was, he was so faithful in all of that. And, but they would also say like, there's a change. Like they just saw it and like they yeah. saw Jesus, like the change. I don't know if they'd always use those words, but they did. Sure. They saw all of that. And so, um, and, but the community was huge and the youth, our youth group grew a bunch in high school and it was, yeah. um, just centered on God, just God's word and growth. And there was excitement there and the Lord was just working. I mean, a lot of people were coming to know Jesus. And so it was, it was awesome. So that I'm so thankful for that when I look back and, and that it's what made me want to do ministry, honestly. Sure, like sure. that's why I, mm-hmm. I did vocational ministry for a time and it was because of Tracy discipling me in our group that yeah. I wanted to do that. Like I was, I left. You were and one was, of the directors at K Life, one of so, the yeah, one yes. early on in the K Life time here, like yeah. almost in the very beginning. Yeah. So they were here for two years, and then I came year three, and that. But that was why I wanted yeah. to do it. I went to college, and I went um, looking where. And Young Life was a big part of when I became a believer because sure. I that's where I became a Christian. And Mm -hmm. so I wanted to go, I went to a college where I knew a young life person there and I wanted to go and serve. I wanted to do that. And so, and, um, and then somewhere where I got involved in Kanakuk and the K life world kind of came in, but I was passionate about discipleship and leading groups, small groups and teaching people that looked like as I got older, because that's how I grew. And so that's, and anyway, so that was kind of, yeah. Where Well, it's important that we remember that um, the natural way in which you guys have grown and even in essence come to faith, mm-hmm. those those things are um, added to and very intentionally by God bringing us and incorporating us into his mm-hmm. into his family. So Randy, kind of the similar. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, I mean, there was a hunger like that was part of the change. Like there was a hunger to know God, mm-hmm. which clearly needed to be done in community and in his word. And I didn't really know how to do either of those things very well. And just having some sweet college friends that walked with me in that to sit in the Bible studies with me and help me kind of think through things and get more consistent in reading the Bible, even though I really wasn't understanding all that I was reading, like just making that a habit, whether it made sense at the time or not. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, just being in community at the church, began serving with some small kids, which looking back was hilarious because I was terrible with small kids. (laughs) But but I want to, like, I knew that was part of it. Like, if you're going to be in a body, you need to be serving somewhere. And they think college girls know how to handle small kids, which is a lie. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> they may or may not. <laughs> they they right. may or may I not. I did not. You were the but I, not. I was willing to, to step out of that sure. and, and do that. Um, and they were very gracious with me even in helping me figure out how to be with small kids. <laughs> so it was, yeah, it formed me in many ways. And, and we weren't there. I was only in college another year and a half. And then I came to Sunnybrook. And that really was another, that was like a notch up. Like, it was a language I didn't know. Like, we use big words sometimes, and I had no idea what you're saying from the stage a lot and had to Google a lot of things. And that was even an urgency to know this better, okay? Hmm. Because it was taught in a way that, like, you can understand this, but it is going to take time. Yeah. And I think I loved that part of being here in my early years. Hmm. Like, I didn't feel like it was over my head, even though I didn't understand it. Sure. But I could get there, and there Mm -hmm. were tools to get there if I would be diligent in pursuing the Lord in that, like his spirit would continue to reveal that. One thing, been true. yeah, well, no, one thing I'm really grateful for, and I can say this for all three of you is I'm just really grateful for your journey that has brought you to a place. And I've known all of you now for 10 ish years mm-hmm. and, and more. And it's just been neat seeing like, you know, it's a testimony to God's plan in the world when we can see the justification being mm-hmm. declared right before God by faith in the work of Jesus Christ. And you guys did that. 
and then to see the ongoing development. So it's not just about getting saved, but it is about understanding who Jesus Christ is, responding mm -hmm. to him in faith, and I find my peace with God, and then my continued desire to be like him and to grow like him and mm -hmm. to not just not be mean, mm -hmm. right? That's kind of been our kind of a paradigm <laughs> for this, but, but to truly be Christ-like, yeah. which is more than just it's stereotypical nice mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. we're not here to convert people to nice mm -hmm. we're here to convert people and not even to an idea but to a to a person and to mm -hmm. jesus um for his glory and for others benefit and for our joy mm -hmm. so the last thing that i'm, I'm going to kind of go around on and uh we'll go kind of circle back this way um has there been any and here turning back so you made a decision and have you ever not since that decision that you've made have you ever not followed him if i were to just ask that how would how would you respond I, i'm not asking have there been moments where you've made choices you need to repent of because that's just part of the christian life yes. right mm -hmm. yeah no yeah. i mean john says to a church and if 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 we if we say we have no sin we're lying but if we mm -hmm. confess our sins he is faithful and just and forgives us of all unrighteousness yeah. so john is describing that as a kind of a normal that's what i'm asking about i'm i'm literally talking about a turning back was there ever a time in your life since making a decision for jesus where you're like yeah i'm not doing that anymore any in yours randy at all no 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 not since that moment. No. Like there really no even question to like there was no point. I don't think like if I thought back like even praying as I drove here, just God's goodness, just almost weeping in the car that He yeah. would change me so drastically. Yeah. Like thinking back that far, I'm like yeah. oh, Lord, you have done so much work, and it's only a part of you because I'm on my own. I am very mean and I am very selfish. <laughs> that has been proven many a time. <laughs> Deb, any turning back? No. No. And I think back to a season of like some poor choices. And I think about like just knowing that I, I, I didn't, I can just remember the, no, but I know I want to, yeah. I, this is sin and I don't, I'm repenting. And yes. like, I just mm -hmm. can remember that. And cause I look back to that season and I'm like, oh, like just dumb choices, Debbie, but I never once wanted to turn back. Like it was, it was always it. knowing I wanted to follow Jesus and I wanted to repent. Um, I struggled a little bit in there, but I, it was never like a turn back. Like, and, and I look back to that and I'm, and I'm just, yeah, grateful mm -hmm. for the same things you mm -hmm. said for uh, just, yeah. For God's goodness. <laughs> for God's goodness. The just, yeah. Just being made new and just knowing that like, yeah, just following him and his sweetness and all of that and his faithfulness and the people in my life and the, the people that discipled me and the, in the body that came around me and even the people that as I was struggling were speaking truth into my life and, and holding me accountable. And see, and that's why it's important that we things. understand, like really, really, cause I know a lot of people that, so that, that period of, I think you called them poor choices or <laughs> how, no, but however you want to describe it, I don't think that's wrong. I know a lot sin. of people. Yeah. Sin, no, but yeah, we can sin, call it yeah. sin. Well, however <laughs> you want to describe it. It's really interesting how um, we understand that a child, right? Little, little Brooks. Um, we understand that a child is going to learn to walk and fall. And we don't go, wow, that walking thing there didn't work for him. Mm -hmm. Did you see him fall the other day? <laughs> like we, you know, honestly, like that, it should be kind of a normal part mm -hmm. of this. Mm -hmm. And so without excusing it, like we don't, we, I'm not saying, hey, Debbie, listen, we're all human. No, I mean, that's not what we're saying. Mm -hmm. But let's not be shocked and let's label it for what it is. Mm -hmm. And I think it, is, it has become a huge issue for me um, in, in my discipleship of others and even my reinterpreting of my own past is to say, was I not following or was I following immaturely? Mm -hmm. And I've never not followed. Yeah. 
No, and, that's a great phrase, and, but following But I have immaturely. followed mm-hmm. immaturely, mm-hmm. and it has caused me deep pain, mm-hmm. and the Spirit has convicted me, and I have repented, mm-hmm. and I have grown. You know, mm-hmm. I love to tell my boys on a regular basis, I wish you could meet, in some sense, your mom, like the one that I dated and mm-hmm. even the one that I kind of fell in love with, because she's very different than the one that Jesus has made today. Mm-hmm. And some of you might go, wow, like, I want to hear that story. Like, mm-hmm. what was she like? And I'm going, no, I'm, I, it's not even like this Salacious. crazy. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not like this crazy. But I mean, I, I love looking at her life. And seeing that kind of transformation mm-hmm. and then realizing that a lot, she's more of a gradual like me. And a lot of that really had to do with like God's work in her life. Mm-hmm. Steve, lastly, any turning back? No, I went through a period of, of deep wrestling with doubt. It didn't last a very long time. Mm-hmm. And at some level, it might have looked like a threat to my faith. But I mean, in the long run, no. And I also wrestled with unanswerable questions that I finally mm-hmm. realized this is futility. I'm wasting a lot of energy on Things that don't, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that you can't answer, and therefore sure. forget it. I mean, sure. so I left all that behind, but never, ever was was tempted. Like that, as I, the the contrast is so stark. I don't know how I could ever lose sight of it. Mm-hmm. No, I yeah, I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. And and by the way, I, I want you guys to hear these stories, and I want you to go, wow, that's great. And then not to say, wow, mine's different. What's wrong with me? Mm. <laughs> you know, for someone that says, no, I've actually, I remember a pretty stark conversion and I remember turning back and I remember being reconverted. I mean, that's not in this podcast, sure. mm-hmm. but I mean, I, I don't look at the stories that we've heard with Randy and Debbie and, and Steve and say, those have to be my story. But I, I have been blessed by hearing your stories. Um, by the way, my, my season of doubt was called seminary. <laughs> so just and that's self-inflicted. That's, that, no, but that's, that's that's reality. I went through my greatest time of doubt while I was preaching every weekend. It's the deconstruction part that's so hard, you know, oh, and word. then you build it back up. It was it was crazy. Well, thank you so much for coming into the studio and for sharing your conversion. I pray that um, uh, those of you listening have really been blessed and encouraged. More than anything, you might want to say, hey, Randy, thanks for talking, or Debbie, thanks, or Steve, I really appreciated you sharing. More than that, I think what we want you to do is to spend some time reflecting on God's goodness to you. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I pray that makes you smile. Mm-hmm. Love you guys. <laughs>